Hi FM, your station of choice since 2008. Right, let's start talking about uh, cardio oncology and what it's all about. Dr. Y.T. Um, Singh is on the line, and we're going to be talking about the first cardio oncology center of excellence, which uh, has been established in South Africa. Uh, well, in Africa, and it's here in, I believe, in Umshlanga. So, Dr. Singh, welcome, and lovely to have you on the show. Thank you, Nikki. Uh, am I loud and clear? Oh, you are loud and clear. The best way to start, Dr. Singh. But I think the first question we have to ask is just to establish what is cardio-oncology? Okay, so cardio-oncology is, uh, is not a new specialty in the world. It is perhaps a new specialty in South Africa and the African continent. But essentially... Uh, it is a field whereby a cardiologist who has knowledge of oncology, the oncology drugs, including radiotherapy, that's used in a cancer patient that has cardiovascular effects. So all classes of chemotherapy, including radiotherapy, all have effects on the cardiovascular system. And by that, I mean not just the heart muscle, but the heart valves, the outer covering of the heart called the pericardium, the conduction system of the heart. So it not only causes heart muscle damage, but also heart valve damage, pericardial damage, and problems with uh, heart rhythm, and not to forget both arterial and venous uh, clotting called arterial and venous thromboembolism. So in short, uh, the cardio-oncologist has to work very closely with the oncologist who takes care of the cancer patient. And the cardio-oncologist has to make sure that they establish from the beginning, even before the patient starts cancer therapy, whether the patient has pre-existing cardiovascular disease including all the risk factors like diabetes, high blood pressure, cholesterol problems, whether they smoke, whether they have had a previous heart attack or whether they've had stents and so on. So the first thing is to make sure that the patient has not or has cardiovascular problems and has to do a baseline assessment of the cancer patient so they have baseline parameters to work on so that when cancer therapy is given, which means chemotherapy or radiation or combination of both, that the cardio-oncologist can pick up cardiac defects or problems early on in the patient's journey through cancer therapy so that steps can be taken early to mitigate against further damage or ongoing damage in making sure that the patient doesn't end up with irreversible cardiac problems. Now, in saying that, one has to realize that today, the cancer drugs, chemotherapy drugs, and radiation are phenomenal. And in many cancers, they actually lead to cure. So cancer itself is not a death sentence. Once the diagnosis of cancer is made, a lot can be done for the cancer patient in terms of cancer therapy. But the problem is that all classes of these drugs have cardiovascular effects. So the patient does not end up 
dying from the cancer. In fact, many patients die from cardiovascular events, either because of pre-existing problems or that the cancer therapy has has uh, initiated cardiac problems or made pre-existing cardiac problems worse. So the cardio-oncologist has to be involved with a cancer patient at baseline, in other words, before they start therapy, during therapy, and surveillance well after therapy, because a lot of these problems can occur years after stopping cancer therapy, be it chemotherapy or radiation. So I hope I've answered that question. No, you you absolutely haven't so clearly. Thank you, Dr. Singh. So let me ask you this. Is it so people talk about uh, having a multidisciplinary team um, when you're going for cancer treatment um, and it's having, you know, this team of doctors who all get together and plan your treatment. Are you talking about a, a, cardio, a, a cardio-oncologist being a part of that multidisciplinary team? And do you have to be a cardio-oncologist or can you just be a cardiologist in order to be a part of that team? That's an excellent question. So. In short, the cardio-oncologist very much has to be part of that team in a multidisciplinary group. In in many parts of the world where you have well-established cancer centers like the Sloan Kettering, uh, the uh, Thunderbolt University, the Pennsylvania Cancer Center in London at the Brompton and, and so on, these centers, major centers and including Toronto in Canada. These centers have cardio-oncology centers in their cancer centers, and they work very closely with cardio-oncologists. Now, we unfortunately do not have that kind of luxury in South Africa. In fact, if I may say the African continent, we don't have that kind of setup. And it is absolutely mandatory today to work with, uh, for the cancer specialists to work with the cardio-oncologist. So we have to make sure that any center of some significance in South Africa has to make sure they have some kind of cardio-oncology service, which they don't have at this point in time. Mm. Uh, but we have to get there because, as I said, it's no use treating the cancer patient and curing the cancer patient only to see the pa- cancer patient die from a cardiovascular event. So the second part of your question, can any cardiologist be a cardio-oncologist? And the answer is no. Mm -hmm. The training does not lend itself in cardiology to do cardio-oncology. Cardio-oncology is a very specialized kind of training, which Mm -hmm. occurs either during the training to be a cardiologist or probably after they qualify and get their cardiology specialty. They then have to to join a society like uh, ICOS, which is the International Cardio-Oncology Society. In South Africa, we have COSOSA, which is Cardio-Oncology Society of Southern Africa, of which I am the president. And I formed and uh, formed this non-profit making organization in 2019 in, to, to stimulate people both in oncology, uh, hematology and cardiology to take an interest in this field so that we can upskill cardiologists and oncologists to understand what this is about. Now, I have attended many, many cardio-oncology conferences around the world for the last eight years. And I've got to know these centers. I've got to know the people involved. They've got to know me. And, you know, like many things, you know, when you start this journey, you think, oh, well, you know, back home, 
you know, there are people who have established such centers who have taken an interest in, in such a field, only to be shocked that, in fact, there was no such center in South Africa and there was no cardiologist who has trained or written exams in cardio-oncology. So I took the initiative to form the society, get an executive formed, uh, register the society, and we've already had two major meetings in cardio-oncology where we had international guests and local ex- expertise to to take part, and it's been an absolute success. Uh, our next meeting is going to be in May this year in Cape Town. So, you know, unfortunately, COVID... Uh, really hampered our progress for two years in trying to get us to upskill our colleagues in the field. But the time has come now where we just cannot waste time in in doing this because, you know, we can say that there's lots of difficulties. We have financial constraints. We don't have enough people. We don't have enough cardiologists. I mean, we have probably a maximum of 180 cardiologists in this country for 61 million people. Uh, if you look at oncologists, we probably have about 150 oncologists for 61 million people. Uh, when you look at uh, hematologists, we, we're probably looking at not more than 50. So, you know, people will say, but hold on, Dr. Singh, you know, you, you want to teach us this field of cardio-oncology and we haven't even got off the ground or, or adequately, we are not adequately treating oncology or cancer patients to the best of our ability and now here you come along telling us that people have to have cardio-oncology assessments. Firstly, who are the people that are going to do that? Secondly, where is the money going to come from? So, you know, you can already see the massive challenges. But my take on this is you can't say we can't. We have to do it. It's not, it's not like, well, we'll do it when we have the money or have more people. We have to do it concurrently. How are we going to do it is, is the big question. But if yeah. somebody doesn't start yeah. it, we're just not going to get anywhere. Yeah. Dr. Singh, we're going to definitely continue with this. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's both exciting that, you know, you've, you've opened the first unit up in Umshlanga and disconcerting that there are so few, as you say. Um, well, let's take a quick break, Dr. Singh. We're going to be right back. Hi FM, your station of choice since 2008. Welcome back to the show. We have quite a sobering conversation um, with Dr. Singh, who is a cardiologist and a certified cardio-oncologist. And, and I say sobering because Dr. Singh has outlined so eloquently the dangers to the heart um, when one is undergoing um, radiotherapy and chemotherapy, that there could be all, to, all sorts of damage to the heart and that if you do not have this baseline assessment before you go for treatment and then during and then after, you won't know. And that there can be many complications after you've gone for cancer treatment. You don't think it's related to your treatment, but you have this heart problem, this other problem um, down the line. Um, so it's really evident that to have a cardio-oncologist as part of your multidisciplinary team, who's part of your treatment and this whole strategy is really important. So So where we have issues and where we have challenges is that there are not enough certified cardio-oncologists and that, in fact, there's only one um, center which has opened the first in Africa, it's in in Umschlanga, 
um, and uh, Dr. Singh is running it. So, as I said before the break, it's it's promising because people are looking at something that has been overlooked, certainly in South Africa. Dr. Singh said that in other countries overseas, you know, a cardio-oncologist is just part of the treatment. Um, and it's disconcerting because there aren't uh, many cardio-oncologists. So, Dr. Singh, uh, you know, you know, as you said, you, you're trying to go out there. Funding is an issue. What is the way forward? I mean, for someone right now who's starting cancer treatment, would you say to them, go to an oncologist, go to a cardiologist now and have your heart checked? And then maybe, I mean, what is, what, what do people do, um, knowing that there could be issues and yet there's no one you they know, can reach out to? Yeah. So firstly, that's a big challenge I have because I can tell you that, uh, a huge, a huge concern for me is the, even the basic knowledge that oncologists have about cardio-oncology, uh, and, and including many of my colleagues in cardiology. And the first thing that I want to do, and which COSOSA, which is my organization, Cardio-Oncology Society of Southern Africa, is to try and upskill and get our oncologists and cardiologists to understand. So what we've got to do I know I'll get back to your question. We've got to get the training started at the level where the cardiologists and oncologists are training to be cardiologists and oncologists or hematologists. So in other words, these are qualified doctors who are now specializing in cardiology, oncology, and so on. So the training has to start at undergrad level, at, at that level of their fellowship training. So they have a basic knowledge. We're not saying complex, no, basic knowledge. So by the time they become, and this has not been part of the training up to now. So we're going to encourage academics in the academic institutions to have this as part of the curricula to be able to upskill their fellows in training. So that, so, you know, so what has happened is up to now, the, the present people who are in training, many of them do not understand. I'm not saying this to be insulting because I know. I give talks to all that and I know what the level of understanding is. So I can safely say it's our fault in not starting the process at the training level. But this is where we now got to upskill our colleagues. There are few of us, but we got to do it. Secondly, what does the patient do? Well, I can tell you the patient is actually going to drive the process. That I begin to understand because now we've got Dr. Google. So patients, when they have cancer, are going to go to Google and they're going to start listening or hearing about cardio-oncology. And you'll see it. Anybody can Google cardio-oncology, and you'll have millions of, of bits of information to read. And they're going to go to their cardiologists or their primary care physicians, their family doctor, and say, doctor, what about cardio-oncology? You're going to start this treatment. I've heard it has cardiovascular effects. Don't I see a cardio-oncologist? And they're going to put their doctor on the spot. And I think that's where it's going to be driven. Because mm -hmm. once we get cancer organizations, et cetera, now having a, an understanding of this field and understanding how important it is, then we're going to have patients driving this. So, you know, I mean, nobody with cancer, uh, you know, wants to, uh, uh, a patient with cancer wants, all of them want to live and have a, to have total cure, obviously. But patients don't want to be cured of one thing and die from something else. And yeah, unfortunately, with cancer patients, this is happening because, you know, when the patient dies from from whatever the event is, not necessarily cancer, 
people say, oh, well, you know, he did have cancer. Well, we expected him to, to demise. And they blame cancer for it. And I can tell you, in a lot of instances, it's not the cancer. It's the cardiovascular event that killed the patient. Whereas the patient doesn't go to the doctor and say, I've got a cardiac problem. They go to the doctor and say, look, I've got shortness of breath or I've got ankle swelling or I've got chest pain or palpitations. Uh, you know, what's going on, doctor? And very easy to blame the cancer for that. But that may well, you know, be the, the first signs of cardiovascular events. Hmm. Hmm. Um, doctor, we, we literally have a couple of minutes left. So what do we say to people who are listening right now, as I said, who are going for treatment and who want to mitigate, you know, any kind of damage to their heart or certainly treat it if, if it is happening or at least bring awareness to it? Is, is there anything that, that they can do at this point? I think it's a very difficult problem, you know, as I said, because yeah. we've got to educate so many of our colleagues to understand these things now you know not and i'm not saying this to 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 be insulting but i know the level of it's just unfortunate i know the level of understanding or knowledge that on both sides cardiologists and oncologists and the knowledge that they have in this field it's it's a it's a specialized field it's, but if you take an interest in it you know if you're taking an interest in treating cancer patients and not necessarily oncologist, you know, you may be a gynecologist, you may be a neurosurgeon, or you may be a, a surgeon who does, who has done surgery and found a tumor. But, you know, all these people are involved in cancer treatment. So which field of medicine is not involved with cancer in one way or another? The EMT, mm. you know, mm. is going to find a tumor. He's got to understand something, understand a bit about cardio-oncology. So when he refers the patient, to the oncologist, he's also got to have a baseline knowledge to say, look, don't forget the cardiovascular assessment of this patient. You know, unfortunately, when patients are given a diagnosis of cancer, they forget about everything else because yeah. unfortunately they think, oh, well, I'm going to die from this. That's the first thing that happens. Oh, I'm going to die from cancer. And, you know, as I said, the treatment is so good today that they often don't die from cancer. But many, many of these people already have a cholesterol problem that they don't know about. They are diabetics and may or may not know about it. They have high blood pressure that they may or may not know about. And or they may have a cardiac problem, already had a stent or had the heart attack. And, and do not think that that is now important when they go for their cancer treatment. And they they don't have that assessment from the word go. Because mm. if they've got underlying problems, it will make cancer treatment worse. And cancer treatment will make those conditions worse. So, Dr. Singh, you, you, unfortunately, I'm so sorry to interrupt you, but we have run out of time. And, you know, I, what I'd like to say is because I think we've highlighted something so important. And I know that we've had you on the show before, and I'm hoping that, you know, you can we can chat to you at different times and you can perhaps update us on this really important way forward in terms of treatment and and it sounds like you you know certainly are making impact and, and making strides in the field um but i think and i'm hoping that what our audience is going to walk away with is an awareness of their heart health to to consider all of this as you said if they have had cholesterol or a stent to certainly bring this into consideration when they embark on their treatment i think it's so important what you have highlighted um and just hoping that more of these cardio oncology centers start 
to pop up around South Africa. But I want to thank you so much for your time. It's such an important topic, and in, and thank you for bringing us to our attention. In, in closing, Nikki, if I if you give me half a minute, I just want to be able, when you have Breast Cancer Week or Cancer Week or Cancer Month, tell me if you ever see cardio oncology highlighted in any of those. Uh, weeks or months, uh, uh, no, you know, events. Never, Nothing. never. No. Secondly, has a Department of Health ever taken an interest in cardio oncology? Nothing at all. Yeah. Even those who say they're interested in cancer from the Department of Health, I can tell you this: there's no talk about cardio oncology. Yeah. As I said, uh, well, let's let's well, let's keep highlighting it, Doctor Singh, and hopefully it'll you know start to shift. Things will start to change because clearly. It's really important, and this is a very big issue. So thank you once again for bringing it to our attention. And as I said, we look forward to dipping in every now and then and hopefully getting good news from you. But, Dr. Singh, thank you for the great work you do, and thank you so much for joining us today. We appreciate Special it. Nikki, thanks for inviting me. You know, I never stop talking once I start, but thank you. <laughs> no, you're wonderful. I just have to um, wrap it up because I'm restricted time-wise, but take care. Thank, thank you, you very so much. much. Dr. Oh, Singh, cardiologist and certified cardio-oncologist at the Neck Care Umshlanga Hospital and speaking specifically about this first cardio-oncology center of excellence um, established in Africa and it's in Umshlanga.